0: Welcome to Video Village, I'm Mihir Shaw and today we're talking about the Oscars. They're right around the corner, they're taking place on Sunday, March 12th, and I wanted to make my predictions and make my picks. So if you're curious about who's going to win and who I think should win, this is the episode for you. Before I jump into the main content of the episode, I just wanted to pause and say thanks for listening. This is uh episode number six, I believe. And the overall support I felt from my family and my friends on this passion project has been really great. And so, you know, if you're a new listener or you've been listening to all the episodes, either way, thank you so much for tuning in. I have a couple of ways you can interact with the show outside of just listening to it that I wanted to call out. If you're listening on Spotify right now, if you uh, go to your phone or your computer or wherever you're listening and you just scroll right past the actual uh, episode you can see a QA or a poll on every episode and you know I'd love to hear your thoughts on you know whatever you want either you know your reaction to the episode or your opinions on anything I'm saying On that note we also have a Twitter account. Video Village Pod and an Instagram account, and the handle for that is, I believe, this is Video Village. So follow us on both of those. Um, specifically on Instagram, I'll be posting polls about different drafts and rankings that we do. So if you want your opinion heard, definitely follow our Instagram account, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll hear from you there. But yeah, you know, this this show has been really fun uh, for me personally, and it's been a great outlet, and uh, I really appreciate anyone listening so thank you so much all right so 95th academy awards they're taking place sunday march 12th that's right around the corner on episode number one i had laid out a goal for myself to watch every movie nominated for an academy award this year and i don't think i realized how difficult that would actually be let me give you some numbers so 10 movies are nominated for best picture And I have seen all 10 movies. Just want to clear that up right now. I I did get around to watching every single one. In total, in the 2023 Oscars, there are 54 nominated movies across all categories. So that's acting, writing, um, all of the -the below-the-line categories with cinematography and makeup and hairstyling and costumes, and in all of the the short film categories, live-action, animated, documentary short... You also have Documentary Feature and International Feature. So across all of these categories, 54 films. And of these 54 films, by the time I'm recording this podcast, I have watched 32. That comes around to around 60% of all nominated movies. Definitely not 100%, but this is by far the most movies I have ever seen coming into an Oscar ceremony. And I think... Historically, if I were to look back at every single Oscars uh, show, this is the highest percentage of movies I've seen out of any Oscars show. So, you know, I I hope to have clear opinions on almost all categories today, and I'll lay out the categories that I I don't when when I get to them. Let's get into it. All right. The Oscars usually kicks off with one of the best supporting actor or actress awards. And I think the idea here is that they can get somebody famous on on stage to accept an award and get people excited about the rest of the show. So category number one, I'm going to go with Best Supporting Actor. Here are the nominees. Brendan Gleeson in The Banshees of Inisherin*, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, Barry Keon in The Banshees of Inisherin*, and Kiwi Kwan in Everything Everywhere All at Once. This is an absolutely like obvious award. Um, Kiwi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once will 100% be winning this award. He's been dominating the awards race this year. I think he should win the award. I, I loved him in this movie. I-, I can't really speak on any of the-, the Oscars in terms of like who the best is. But in my opinion, I think he, he definitely deserves this. Out of the four other nominees, my favorite performance was probably Barry Keon in The Banshees of Inisharan. Uh, he is probably the smallest character in terms of like screen time in that movie but I think his character really stuck with me. Judd Hirsch in The Hefebel Wins had like eight minutes of screen time so it's kind of absurd that he got a nomination but that's whatever. Um, And the other two, Brendan Gleeson is great in The Banshees of Inisharen and Brian Tyree Henry. I've not seen Causeway the movie but I love Brian, Brian Tyree Henry. He was in Bullet Train this past year as uh, one of Lemon or Tangerine. I forgot which character he played. Um, I know him best from Atlanta, the TV show, and he's absolutely brilliant in that. So just happy to see that he's on the list here. But Kiwi Kwan is going to win this award. All right. Best Supporting Actress. Angela Bassett in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow in The the Whale. Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Inisharan. Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Stephanie Hsu in Everything Everywhere All at Once. If you had asked me a month ago who's gonna win this award i would have said angela bassett for black panther wakanda forever she was uh the crowd favorite for the last few months and i think that has really shifted in the last couple of awards uh that have been presented in the the sag awards sag awards stands for screen actors guild awards uh jamie lee curtis actually won best supporting actress there and in general there's been this like really big bump Wherever I'm seeing movie related content, she is by far like the most prominent person. And so I really, this is kind of a hard category to predict. I think I'm going to say that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to win this award. Um, If you ask me who should win it, I think either Carrie Condon or Stephanie Hsu should win this award. Carrie Condon was brilliant in The Banshees of Inisherin*. I'm not sure if I'm saying her last name right, but it's spelled C-O-N-D-O-N, so I'm saying Condon. That's probably wrong. Um, but she was absolutely brilliant in The Banshees of And She's one of the most grounded characters. She's kind of like the audience's way into the story because she's the character that kind of makes the most sense rationally and logically with her actions. And yeah, I thought she was great. And Stephanie Hsu is... Uh, I think just like the better actress in the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. So it's kind of a shame that Jamie Lee Curtis has been taking the award spotlight. Uh but Stephanie is very young. I'm sure she's gonna be nominated again in the future. Jamie Lee Curtis is kind of like Hollywood royalty at this point. She's a Nepo baby. <laughs> she's been around the industry for a long time. So like on all those accounts, I could like I guess see her getting this award and people appreciating that aspect of it. But Let it be known that, like, if Jamie Lee Curtis wins this award, Twitter and TikTok are going to be full of Stephanie Hsu fans and Angela Bassett fans going crazy that this Nepo baby took the award. Calling it right now. So usually after they do one or two Best Supporting Actress awards or Best Supporting Actor or Best Supporting Actress awards, they jump into a lot of the below the line categories that people sit through because of the momentum that the first two awards kind of gained. So that being said, let's jump into some of the the below-the-line categories. Best Makeup and Hairstyling, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. So three of these five nominees, The Batman, Elvis, and The Whale, all feature like fat suits. Um, In The Batman, uh, Colin Farrell wears a fat suit to play the penguin. Elvis wears a fat suit towards the end of the movie. And in The Whale, Brendan Fraser, the main character, uh, wears a fat suit the entire time. So kind of a weird category. I'm not really sure how this category works historically, I'll be honest. If I had to put money on it, I think Elvis is going to take this award. Elvis is really popular amongst old people in Hollywood right now, which is why it's so heavily uh, represented at these awards. So I think I'm going to give it to Elvis here. There's a big all-quiet-on-the-western-front wave going on right now, and I think that movie will dominate some of these categories, but I don't think Best Makeup and Hairstyling is going to go to that movie. So, yeah. Alright, Best Costume Design, Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and a movie I've not seen called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Best Costume Design, I I think... I'm also going to give this to Elvis, but Black Panther Wakanda Forever might take this award. Black Panther won this category in 2018, the original film. Um, And Ruth Carter was the the costume designer there who became the first black woman to win that award. And she's nominated again this year, which could help her out now that people know her. Um, But again, for the reasons I mentioned before about Elvis... uh, Old people love this movie. I'm going to give this award to Elvis as well. Best Sound. This is an interesting category. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. It's easy to assume that Avatar The Way of Water is going to win every below the line category because it's Avatar The Way of Water and it's, you know, what what it is. But Top Gun Maverick has been cleaning up sound awards in the last couple of award ceremonies that are relevant to uh you know below the line things i'm not familiar with those award ceremonies so i can't really uh comment on those watching this in theaters top gun maverick sound was absolutely amazing all of the fighter jet scenes were so immersive and i think a lot of that is because of the sound editing and the sound mixing so we'll see how that one goes best production design this is basically about like set designs and um, all of the things you see behind the actors in uh, movies. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and The Fablemans. I'll say it. I think Babylon is going to win this award because Babylon rocks, first of all. But um, it's set in the 1920s and like, people like period pieces in general. So I think Babylon's going to take this. However, um, Avatar The Way of Water. You know what? Actually, I th- hmm, this is really tough because... They did, like, create a whole new world in Avatar The Way of Water. Um, and All Quiet on the Western Front also, you know, has some amazing set pieces. So this is tough. I'll say that I think Avatar The Way of Water is actually going to win this award. And I wish that Babylon wins this award. Best Cinematography. All Quiet on the Western Front. Barlow, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. This is a movie I have not seen. And I'll talk about that in a second. Elvis. Elvis. Empire of Light, another movie I've not seen, and Tar. So, real quick, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, I'm just going to call it Bardo in this conversation, and Empire of Light, two movies that I've not seen, and two movies that are only here at the Oscars in this category. Empire of Light is directed by Sam Mendes, who did Skyfall in 1917, is a pretty big director, and I think the Academy just likes him in general. But this movie was... uh, critically panned and a box office bomb so yeah not many people even saw this movie or heard of it but it it does look beautiful and the cinematographer is roger deakins who has shot uh some of the prettiest movies in the last 20 to 30 years um 1917 blade runner skyfall like i could name like all his movies but he's fantastic and brilliant so definitely deserves to be in this category but yeah not gonna win and bardo is a movie by Alejandro Iñárritu who made Birdman and The Revenant. The Revenant is the movie that Leonardo DiCaprio won an Oscar for where he gets like mauled by a bear. Yeah this movie also was critically panned and not many people saw it. It's kind of like a very like artistic semi-autobiographical movie and it does look kind of crazy and wild so I understand why it might be represented here but yeah, these movies are not going to be winning this award because the other movies in this category are All Quiet on the Western Front, Elvis, and Tar, which are infinitely more popular. I think this is ultimately going to go to All Quiet on the Western Front. Like I said, people are really starting to get into this movie. People are watching it a lot more. It's on Netflix, and um, it's kind of had this like last-minute push to, to get some representation. And it does look beautiful. I mean, it's definitely one of the most beautiful movies, I think, of the year. I will say if Top Gun Maverick was in this category, I I would be gunning for it to win. But yeah, I can't deny uh, that All Quiet on the Western Front does look beautiful and probably is going to win the award for Best Cinematography. The last two uh, Below the Line awards that I'll talk about, Best Visual Effects, this award is going to Avatar The Way of Water, but the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, uh, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. It's a no-brainer. It's going to Avatar. Definitely the most impressive visual effects of the year and of maybe the decade. Um, and Best Film Editing. This is this is now getting into something that really ends up having an impact on uh, the final Best Picture race. Historically, Best Film Editing is a really good indicator as to who's going to win Best Picture. The nominees are The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to win this award. There's a lot of appreciation for the editing of this movie and just the rapid cuts that it features and all of the kind of insane moments that it creates through editing. And so I think it's going to win. And I I think it's my pick for who should win this award this year. Although Tar and Top Gun Maverick both have some really, really great editing. Tar specifically, I think, is incredibly underrated in that sense. In terms of like how they kind of create scenes and moments in that movie. A lot of it has to do with the editing. So, shouts out to both of those movies. Getting into some still small categories. But categories that I think are really fun this year. Best Original Score. All Quiet on the Western Front. Babylon. The Banshees of Inisharan, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And The Fable Wins. I have a whole episode talking about this category. So, if you want a deeper dive, go check that out. I think the winner of this is going to be Babylon, composed by Justin Hurwitz. However, there is, specifically for the score, a huge push for All Quiet on the Western Front, composed by Volker Bertelman. I think it's my second favorite movie score in this category. Uh, I just watched this movie uh, last week, and the music has a lot to do with why I ultimately ended up liking this movie. It adds a lot of tension to the movie, and... It's kind of unique where it's a it's a World War II film, but the music is very clearly like modern music and has this like electronic synthesized deep bass to it. Um, very intense. I just think that Babylon's music is ultim- like, very transformative and I think it adds a lot of artistic commentary to what the movie is actually portraying because you can actually hear motifs From the La La Land score in Babylon. And it's no coincidence that both of those movies are about Hollywood. So yeah, I'm going to ultimately say that that is going to win and that it should win. Best Original Song. The nominees are Applause from a movie called Tell It Like a Woman. And if you're like, what is the movie Tell It Like a Woman? Same here. I've never heard of this movie. I don't think anybody has heard of this movie. The only reason it's nominated is because... It's a song by Diane Warren, who is like an Oscars darling. She has an insane amount of Best Original Song nominations. And the last couple of times she's been nominated, it's kind of like this, where you're like, nobody's seen this movie, but she just shows up every year. Um, Yeah, really weird. Um, Other nominees, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. It's a song by Lady Gaga. Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's a Rihanna song. Natu Natu from RRR, and this is a life from everything, everywhere, all at once. I think Natu Natu is going to win this award. It's been like the only song that people have had a real relationship to throughout award season and and throughout the year, I think. Yeah. All right. Best Animated Feature Film. This is one of my favorite categories in general, and I think this year specifically, a really stacked category. Here are the nominees. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Marcel, The Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Pinocchio is going to win this category. Pinocchio is an insane accomplishment in animation. Um, It's a stop-motion movie that doesn't look like it's stop-motion because that's how good it is. So it's going to win. If I had to pick my winner, uh, I would say I would like Turning Red to win this category. However, I have seen all of these movies. Um... Puss in Boots, The Last Wish is really fun. That made my number 10 spot of the year. Uh, I think I watched the other two movies after last week's episode on the best movies of 2022. If that was not the case, both of these movies would definitely have been shouted out in that episode. The Sea Beast is a movie that you can watch on Netflix. It's basically like a pirate movie about these hunters who go out to sea to kill a sea beast. And how the relationship with the sea beasts ultimately changes. It's not incredibly original, like it's kinda formulaic in the sense that like if you've seen How to Train Your Dragon and Pirates of the Caribbean, then like you're gonna recognize a lot of motifs and themes in this movie. But I still had a lot of fun. So yeah, I I encourage everybody to watch this movie. It's really great. On that same note, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is a movie you can watch, I believe, on Amazon Prime through Showtime maybe. And this movie is really, really great. It's incredibly heartfelt and really cute and really sweet and just has a lot of memorable moments in it. The concept is based on a viral YouTube video that went viral like maybe like 10 years ago now, a couple years ago at least. It's about exactly what it sounds like. It's about a little shell that this guy finds living in his Airbnb and the shell like walks and talks and no, nobody's talking about the movie's not about like whoa a talking shell that's so crazy like that's not what the movie's about the movie really is just like you treat the shell as like just a little guy who's hanging out and you learn about what he's going through which is like he's basically lost all the people that he's loved and he doesn't know where they are and he feels pretty lost in the world and it's just a really really sweet look at this Little Shell's life and his relationship with his Little Shell grandmother. And so, yeah, really great movie. So check out all of them. But yeah, Pinocchio will be winning this category. Best International Feature Film. This is tough because I've only seen two of these movies. Here are the nominees. All Quiet on the Western Front, which will win this category. Um, Argentina 1985, which is from Argentina. Close, which is from Belgium. E.O., spelled the letters E.O., Uh, from Poland, and The Quiet Girl from Ireland. Yeah, so All Quiet on the Western Front is going to win this because it's so heavily represented at the Oscars in general, and this is one of those categories that you could really give its praises to. Um, I've seen Argentina 1985, and that's a pretty fun movie, but I don't think it's as good as All Quiet on the Western Front. Argentina 1985 is about um, Argentina two years after they first gained democracy, And it basically details a uh, court case where the main prosecutor is tasked with um, trying to indict military leaders from the dictatorship and has to fight against people who are pro-military and obviously like the government who has a lot of pro-military people. And and it's cool because it's a courtroom drama if you are into those movies and like a, a lawyer movie. Where this old guy, this old prosecutor, ends up working with students and kids to break the truth. Fun movie, but I don't think it'll be beating All Quiet on the Western Front. And yeah, I wish I had seen um, the three other movies, but I had trouble seeing them. Uh, I think The Quiet Girl and Close are both in theaters right now. So yeah, I I, I couldn't actually get around to to watching them. I want to shout out that the movie EO from Poland is actually about a donkey who is like trying to find his way home or something like that. I, I don't know anything about the movie, but it looks really cute. And it's the main character is literally a donkey. So if you're curious, go check that out. All right, now we're getting into um, three of the most ignored categories at the Oscars. I'm very guilty of ignoring these categories as well. Uh, I'm talking about the short film categories. And I'm happy to say that I've watched a majority of the short films nominated here. In this category. So uh, let's get into it. Best live action short film. So, what this means is like it's not a documentary and it's not like an animated short film, just to clarify what that category title means. Um, Here are the nominees An Irish Goodbye, Ivalu, Le Pupele, or The Pupil, Night Ride, and The Red Suitcase. Of these five, I have seen Ivalu, The Pupil, and Night Ride. Night Ride is is kind of a flawed, dumb movie, in my opinion. It's about um, a little person who kind of like funnily hijacks a tram. And while she's like driving this tram, she witnesses some harassment that goes down. And then just like ends up deciding to help the, the person being harassed. And that's kind of it. And I just thought it was a really like elementary school take on you know how to stop bullying and it's kind of hard to watch because you watch a trans person getting harassed on a train for like five minutes before this woman steps in this little person steps in and yeah it, like i i guess i kind of see what it was trying to say about harassment and like how hard it is to intervene when you uh are not sure that it's actually safe for you to intervene like i get that but i just think that it wasn't Tonally, it just didn't work for me, and I didn't find it that powerful. The Pupil, Le Pupele, is a movie that's produced by Alfonso Cuarón, among others. Alfonso Cuarón is responsible for movies like Gravity and Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban for two, and so because such a big name is attached to this short film, and the fact that this movie was picked up by Disney+, and you can watch it there, to me, that means that it's going to win the award because it's probably uh, been seen the most and, and been uh associated with people that oscar voters know this movie is is basically about a orphanage like a christian orphanage um i'm not sure what the right term there is but uh, a christian orphanage where these young girls are living and kind of like just like details out um this incident that occurs with one of them where it's very clear that oftentimes like in the in the pursuit of trying to be a good person you can end up being a really bad person and you see that from the perspective of religion and how that can have an impact there it's just kind of presented in a weird way although it's kind of cute the way they do it where like it's it's self-aware and the little girls will look into the camera and like talk to you during the short film so it it is a cute time so I think it's gonna win and Ivalu the third one I've seen is really Mm. sad it's about trauma and repression and Shot very beautifully, but ultimately I think it might just be like too sad for voters to actually give it the win. I had not seen An Irish Goodbye or The Red Suitcase, mostly because I couldn't find them streaming anywhere. So, have nothing to say about those. Alright, next up, Best Animated Short Film. I've seen all five, and they were really fun to watch. Here are the nominees. The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. That's one movie, by the way. Um, The Flying Sailor. Ice Merchants. My Year of Dicks, and An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake, and I Think I Believe It. (laughs) The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. This is a short film that is on Apple TV, and I think it's going to win this category because A, it's based on a children's book, so people might have had a relationship to it already, and B, I think it's just like, because it's on Apple TV, people just have been talking about this in weird ways. If you're on TikTok, you might have heard this sound before. What do you want to be when you grow up? Kind. That's from this movie. (laughs) It's a really cute movie about these four characters who like end up meeting each other out in the wild as they're trying to get this little boy home. And it's rife with these, like, life lessons that are really sweet for children. And I personally, I liked it, but I just thought that at times the life lessons just kept on coming. And they sometimes weren't even warranted with what I was seeing on screen. So it, it felt a little, like, on the nose and heavy-handed. But I for kids and for parents of, of young children, I can absolutely see this being a huge hit. So, you know, check it out. It's great. The Flying Sailor and Ice Merchants are... Both short films that are ultimately from the New Yorker magazine. The New Yorker posted them on YouTube so you can watch them for free there. And it's really cool that the New Yorker has uh, these and some other documentary shorts that I'll talk about later uh, nominated at the Oscars. It sounds like they're really putting an effort into um, getting these young indie filmmakers involved, which is cool. The Flying Sailor is kind of weird, but basically about a true story where a man was um, caught in, a, in an explosion and flew like two miles, not two miles, I don't know, like 200 kilometers or 2,000 kilometers, something really high. He like flew up into the air and he lived to tell the tale. Like when he landed, he was completely naked. Like his, his clothes had burned off, but he was alive. And this basically is an animated take at what he must have been experiencing when he was in the air. And it's it's very experimental and kind of weird, but... Pretty interesting. Like I'm still thinking about some of the the visuals that I saw in this one. So check that one out. It's pretty cool. My favorite in this category is Ice Merchants. This is a 15-minute short film, uh, like I said, on YouTube. Everybody should go watch it. It's basically about a father and a son who every day wake up and deliver ice to the town beneath them. They live on the literal side of a mountain. And to get to the town they parachute down they basically just jump jump off a cliff and parachute down and it this movie is like visually breathtaking and ultimately ends up being about people's relationship to nature and grief and i really don't want to spoil this movie because it's a it's 15 minutes like it's very easy to watch and b it's just like a very transcendent experience it's one of the favorite my favorite things i've seen that came out in 2022 period. Yeah, five-star film. I really, really want this to win. I'm not sure how likely that is, but putting my metaphorical money on Ice Merchants. Go watch it. My Year of Dicks is a short film about a young woman's, uh, I guess, like sexual awakening and sexual journey. It's animated really weirdly and kind of cleverly. Um, it, It takes the style of like 90s and early 2000s animation um also throws in some like uh anime inspired animation in there as well and it's kind of a crazy ride i think this resonates with a lot of people it did resonate with me although i just think that some of the the themes it presents i didn't think were communicated super well ultimately like pretty funny at times and you know i I think if you're curious you should definitely go check this out I, i personally watched this on vimeo I rented it for like three or four dollars. I'm not sure where else it's available, but if you're curious, I, I I recommend it. Lastly, an ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. This is a really clever short film. It's claymation. You're watching a character in a claymation animated movie become self-aware and realize that he is not in the real world and that he's in some sort of movie, and it's really funny and really clever. It's kind of a commentary on What we produce and and what we sacrifice to produce these things uh, creatively. And yeah, it was very memorable. It's very funny. Um, Check this out. I believe this is on Vimeo as well. So yeah, highly recommend. But yeah, I was really happy with this animated short film category. I I was pretty much impressed by everything I saw. And there's a lot of fun things there. Best Documentary Short Subject. All that means is it's a short documentary. Here are the nominees. The Elephant Whisperers, Hall Out, How Do You Measure a Year, The Martha Mitchell Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. I've seen three of these. I've not seen How Do You Measure a Year and The Martha Mitchell Effect, mostly because I wasn't sure where to watch them. The three that I have seen, um, I think out of the three of those, The Elephant Whisperers is going to win. This is a movie that you can watch on Netflix about two people specifically in India who... uh, are elephant conservationists and help take care of injured and abandoned elephants in nature. And it's very touching. It's like you get to watch really cute elephants interact with these people and you learn about who they are and their relationship to the elephants and how the elephants have changed their lives and and ultimately how these people have changed um, these elephants' lives and what they're doing for this effort. It's kind of shot like a Planet Earth documentary or like show. It, It didn't really feel like it was challenging, but you don't really need it to be challenging in my opinion for it to be good it's just really fun to see cute animals and see them being happy and being saved so it's on Netflix it's about 40 minutes long Uh, I encourage you to watch it in the original language and not dubbed in English and just watch it with subtitles I believe they speak Tamil in it and I just feel like that's a more authentic experience Uh, so I think this is going to win because it's on Netflix and everybody kind of has been seeing it whenever you open Netflix which is kind of a dumb reason for anything to win, but I I think it's true. I think that's why it's going to win. And people like elephants. But the short subject that I found most inspiring and most artistic and most impressive is called Hall Out. This is about, you know what? I really, I'm not even going to ruin this one because I think the reveal in this is really powerful if you don't know what this is. This is a New Yorker documentary short and you can watch it on YouTube. And it's ultimately about climate change And it's like 20, 25 minutes long. And it's, again, one of the most powerful pieces of art I've seen from 2022. About five minutes in, it's revealed as to what this man is doing out in the middle of the Arctic. And once you understand what he's doing out there, the the visuals become more and more powerful and sad, I guess. But yeah, it's about climate change. And I won't say anything else. You should watch this movie. Everybody should watch this. This is incredible. Finally, I want to give a dishonorable mention to the last movie I've seen in this category. It's called Stranger at the Gate. And this is a New Yorker documentary short. You can watch it on YouTube. And I kind of hated this. The story is about a man who was in the military and came back home. And 9-11 happened. And he basically just hated brown people. He hated Muslims. He was super anti-Islam. And he hated Muslims so much so that he plotted to blow up his local mosque. He was convinced that he wanted to kill over 200 people. And he started to build a bomb. And he ultimately went to the mosque to, to I guess, map out his route and figure out what where the best place to place the bomb is or something. And he was basically just welcomed with open arms by these nice people. And within eight weeks was converted to Islam and got rid of the bomb and everything. And, you know, it's a happy story. If you're kind of hearing that, like, what the hell? That's, I think, an accurate representation of how I felt when I finished this. They basically just show that, hey, if you're kind to people, then you can solve issues in in life. They basically just present all of these Muslim people... As, like, perfect people who are, like, you know, uh, I like to be kind to people, especially people who are hurting. And so if they're hurting, we should be even kinder to them. Which, like, duh. Really? You're gonna make a 35-minute short film about this guy who's, like, clearly, like, a psychopath? And make me want to like him at the end of this? It was just bizarre, and it didn't work for me. It felt like something that you would see on Facebook being shared around. Like, wow, kindness. Wow, there's goodness in the world. And I just... Did not care for it. I encourage you to make your own opinion about it, it's called Stranger at the Gate and you can watch it on YouTube. Best Documentary Feature, I'm, I'm essentially going to skip this category because I've seen zero out of five of these movies. They all look very interesting and I have no idea who's going to win, sorry. Best Original Screenplay, this is my favorite category at the Oscars. Here are the nominees. The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to win this category. I don't think anyone's really close to beating them out. The closest is probably The Banshees of Inisharan. The Academy loves Martin McDonough, who wrote and directed this movie. And yeah, I just think it's, it's kind of like in the bag for everything everywhere all at once. Best Adapted Screenplay. This is another screenplay category, but the movies here are based on something. Based on a short film or a book or another movie. So here are the nominees. All Quiet on the Western Front. This is based on the novel from the 1920s or 30s uh there's also another movie that's very famous called all quiet on the western front from like almost 100 years ago so this could also be technically based on that glass onion a knives out mystery based on the original film knives out living based on the screenplay for another movie called ikiru which is a, a japanese movie top gun maverick based on top gun and women talking based on the novel women talking that came out in 2018 this category is kind of weak in my opinion My favorite script here is Women Talking, and I think that's what's going to win this category. I talk about this movie on last week's episode about the best movies of 2022, so go check that out for a deeper dive. But yeah, Women Talking uh, will and should take this home. Best Actor. This is a tough one to call. Here are the nominees. Austin Butler from Elvis. Colin Farrell from The Banshees of Inisharan, Brendan Fraser, The Whale. Paul After Sun, And Bill Nighy, Living. I have not seen Living, but Paul Meskel in Aftersun and Bill Nighy in Living are not going to win this category. Sorry, I'm sure they were fine. I mean, Paul Meskel was great. I'm sure Bill Nighy was great, too. Brendan Fraser is kind of like my frontrunner for this in terms of who I think is going to win. I've not seen The Whale, so I don't know how good his performance is. But from what I hear, it's like, you know, a career best for him. And a lot of people seem to take to this character a lot of people didn't like the movie but it seems like his portrayal of the main character has been an absolute hit colin farrell i think is my favorite performance overall when you look at like a whole like what a character an actor does in a movie and what the story is and everything i just thought that he was brilliant in the banshees of Inisherin. i don't think he's gonna win and austin butler as elvis is who i think should win this category the reason i think it's tough to call is because i think elvis is very popular with old people and the whale in Brendan Fraser is very popular with like millennials and, and you know, slightly younger people. And so I really don't know who's going to win. I'm going to put my money down on Brendan Fraser as who will win this award. Six out of the 10 last best actor winners have been playing real people. Last year, Will Smith won for playing King Richard or the father of Serena and Venus Williams. So I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that trend, but I, I got to say <laughs> Austin Butler is like, Really good in Elvis. I think he's better than uh, Will Smith was in King Richard. And I think it's like my favorite, one of my favorite biopic performances uh, in a long time. So, yeah. Brendan Fraser will win. Austin Butler should win. Best actress. Here are the nominees Kate Blanchett in Tar, Ana de Armas in Blonde, Andrea Riseborough in Two Leslie, Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Ana de Armas for Blonde and Andrea Riseborough in 2 Leslie will not be winning this category. I haven't seen either movie, but they're not going to win. Anna de Armas plays Marilyn Monroe in Blonde. And, you know, the Oscars like a biopic, like I just said. So it makes sense as to why she was nominated. But yeah, she's not going to win. Michelle Williams in The Fable Wins probably deserves to win a award for her performance. I thought she was pretty good in the movie. But yeah, she's not winning Best Actress because our two frontrunners Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh have had really strong campaigns and I think Kate Blanchett was the favorite to win up until like a month ago when Michelle Yeoh just started to win a lot of big awards and she won the SAG award and I think like especially young people are really up in arms about everything everywhere all at once and the fact that she should win. That being said old people may not like or understand everything everywhere all at once if you heard our episode about that movie, uh, Bria's parents didn't get it. A lot of older people don't get this movie. So for that reason, Kate Blanchett might take it home. But I'm going to uh, put my money on the hopeful boat and say Michelle Yeoh is going to sail to victory here. Kate Blanchett's probably the better performance in the movie Tar. But Kate Blanchett already has two Oscars and Michelle Yeoh has zero. And it's kind of a dumb reason, but I want Michelle Yeoh to get one. So I'm giving it to her. Best Director. Here are the nominees. Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin*, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar. And Ruben Osland for Triangle of Sadness. I thought Steven Spielberg had this in the bag, but you know what? I think this is going to go to Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is wild, because that would mean that, you know, this movie... Would be dominating some of the most major awards categories at the Oscars, which doesn't happen that often. Nowadays, the best director will usually go to the most technically accomplished director of the year, and best picture will go to, you know, something different. But I don't think that's the case here. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert got their start, not their start, but before they made movies, they're responsible for the music video for a certain song called Turn Down for What? <laughs> Which is insane because they're about to win an Oscar. But I do think they deserve it. They put together one of the most memorable movies of the year. And I think of this list, the one that emotionally impacted me the best. I think they executed it really well. And it's going to be really exciting to see these two millennials up on stage. The final category, best picture, here are the nominees. All Quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, The Way of Water. The Banshees of Inisharan, Elvis. Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Um, Like I said, I've seen all these movies. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to win Best Picture. I'm like 99% sure. Honestly, the only movie that I could see winning over it at this point is All Quiet on the Western Front. I don't think that's going to happen. The reason I say that is because... um, All Quiet on the Western Front, at its heart, is an anti-war epic movie. And I think because of that, the themes of it are really resonating with people over a lot of the other nominated films that are very, like, artistically and technically accomplished, but the themes aren't popping out to modern-day audiences as much. All Quiet on the Western Front is, like, very relevant in our world today because of that. And it kind of sucks because, like... All Quiet on the Western Front is also just like a World War II movie, and so I like this movie, but it's like not my—it's not in my top ten of 2022. It's not my favorite movie by any means. I think it's like effective in what it does, but it also feels like I've seen enough anti-war movies at this point to not really be like surprised by any of the themes or like I guess like impressed by any of the versions of that that theme that they throw at me. It looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful. It, it is like impacting in that way i encourage everyone to watch it i mean it's on netflix very accessible but if all quiet on the western front wins over everything everywhere all at once i will be upset and i will release an episode about why that sucks um but yeah there we go guys this is um this is everything i think i've gone through all of the awards i encourage everyone to tune in to the oscars or at least follow along on twitter i'll have an oscars reaction episode dropping on monday It'll probably be, be short unless Everything Everywhere All at Once loses Best Picture, in which case it'll be very, very, very long. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in a couple of days. Take care. Special thanks to my lovely girlfriend, Rupa Patel, for the podcast's artwork, and my good friend, Kevin Cow for the music that you're listening to now. You can find more of his music on Instagram at Wakewong Beats. Thanks y'all.